0: Episode 129. That's false
1: advertising. One middle aged man in Cleveland, one middle aged man in West Virginia.
0: Oh,
2: geez,
0: you're looking for John Denver, aren't you? Well, I don't think I'm
1: gonna
0: find him. No, you're not. Unfortunately, God rest his soul. Yes, how is life in West Virginia? Everything you thought it'd be, and more. What do you got?
1: Yes, my ears have been popping for
0: about two hours now. Oh, you had some higher elevation.
1: Yeah.
0: You like the windy roads.
1: Uh, As long as there's no ice on them, I'm good.
0: Yeah, they do get a lot of ice. Yeah. Well, just so everyone knows, Ted is on location, but is doing this safely because he is hands-free. That's right. And if he's hands-free, that's for me. That's the way to go.
1: Uh, My hands are at uh, 10 and 2 or... Or
0: nine and three, or whatever they're supposed to nine be. Nine and three.
1: And yep. Okay. So you're
0: out of 12. I like that. Yes. Uh, before we get into anything, let's do a couple uh, jersey numbers if you don't mind. Oh, okay. Uh, Is this 129? 29. Yeah. Let's go All with right. the Browns. You should get one the of Browns. these pretty quick.
1: Oh, well, you've got uh Andrew Dixon.
0: The top dog. Yeah. Any others? Uh, was, There's a couple others. Was, actually, one other one, maybe you got a chance.
1: Was Eric Turner 29?
0: Oh, he certainly was. Okay.
1: Uh, and I'm trying to think if there was a running back, but none come to mind. Mm. Am I am I wrong? There's a No, you back. were
0: right. You were right on a running back, for sure.
1: Okay. Uh, actually multiple. Uh, one guy's still
0: sort of playing, not for us, but oh. still playing in the league a little bit.
1: Okay, uh, still sort of playing. Man, I don't
0: know. Go ahead, Duke the Johnson.
1: Oh, yeah, Duke the Johnson.
0: James Jackson, remember James Jackson? He ran around for us. Yeah, Rashawn Salam.
1: Oh, my,
0: yeah, I know. Jason Wright, another running back. That's what he's he was from uh, Northwestern.
1: Yeah, and how about Tommy
0: McDonald? Obviously, you and I don't remember Tommy McDonald, but Tommy McDonald, who was a pretty pretty famous player for the Eagles, actually did some time with the Cleveland Browns. How about that?
1: That's well said. He Did some time.
0: Did some time. Some time. Any, uh? Well, actually, one that you kind of mentioned recently for the uh, Cleveland, Mark- obviously, at the time, Indians, which would be the Guardians now.
1: Mark Wiley.
0: You keep throwing out Mark Wiley, but no, that's not, um. not it. Another guy that was uh, the, probably one of your fan favorites when you were a child.
1: Oh, Greg uh, uh, Swindell. No, you he know, was 28. This guy's uh, a hitter. Burton? He's a hitter. Oh, He's, oh, Andre Thornton.
0: Andre Thornton's oh. correct.
1: Okay.
0: How about some Black Jack McDowell?
1: Oh, yeah. How could you miss that guy?
0: Josh Barfield.
1: Okay, you you probably missed that guy.
0: Louis Medina.
1: Not to be confused with a um, punky cold.
0: No. Medina. And I, the guy, I mean, he had multiple numbers with this team, but it's still, he had the best nickname. Hard hitting Mark Witten.
1: Mark Witten. Oh my gosh. I remember we would go, when I would go to games that he was playing, we would get general admission seats, pay five bucks, sit out there in right field, get a foot long hot dog. And Mark,
0: watch Mark Witt throw people out. I had a very good arm, right there with the old Corey Snyder.
1: Oh
0: my God! Yeah. The most famous twenty-nine that ever wore the uh Indians jersey is yeah, the old Satchel be. Page.
1: Satchel Page.
0: Satchel Page. Wow. Very historic. Okay. Well, Ted, is there wow. is there reasons you're in West Virginia? Are you just joyriding to get away from the family? Uh, yeah, yeah, what do yeah. you got going?
1: I <laughs> yeah, joyriding. No, I uh, we had a trade show down in Florida and somebody has to drive all the equipment. So I drove to Florida and uh, as we record, I am driving back. So that's, that's
0: do all you can. At. At twelve and nine.
1: Yes, absolutely. Twelve. I like
0: it. twelve and nine. 12 Ted, super busy show today. Got a yeah. lot of folks, but you want to give some of the highlights? Well, we have a guy from Paris
1: finds some, uh, something romantic in Arkansas. That sounds odd. Hmm. I know this will come as a shock. A man from Washington, D.C. stumbles through a speech.
0: I wonder who that is.
1: A man from California does some record-breaking travel. I don't know. But a guy, from, a guy on a flight produces such high winds that he's taken off the flight.
2: Oh,
1: boy. We've got that and more from two men One who hopefully will be in Cleveland soon
0: and one who already is. Sort of physically, but not mentally.
2: And now, a woman's perspective.
1: How many men does it take to screw in a light bulb? One. He just
3: holds it up there and waits for the world to revolve around him.
2: This has been a woman's perspective.
0: Ted, we got some good news. All right. We got a man from Paris. He found a giant diamond in Arkansas. Julian Navas says he had previously panned for gold, so while visiting the U.S., he heard about the Crater of Diamond State Park in Arkansas. He purchased a diamond hunting kit and started his search. One of his finds was a brown diamond with the weight of 7.46 carats. <laughs> That's like the size of the ring you got your wife, isn't it?
1: Uh, well, sure, we'll go with that. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. He says yeah. his he named the gem after his fiancée, Serena. Isn't that nice? Okay. He yeah. plans to have the gem cut into two diamonds, one for his fiancée and one for his daughter. How about that?
1: That's nice.
0: That is nice. You know, he could probably turn that in and get some cash, but he's... Just going to hand it to his family. That's very nice. Good for Just him. Hand it off. Does that happen to you very often? Where you you start panning and you pi- find a seven point four six carrot? Oh, haven't
1: had that happen to
0: you. The only carrots I've found have been at an Aldi, and they're usually <laughs> yeah. cut.
2: Cleveland, this is for you. Cleveland sports history time, and our historian Dusty Sloan has joined us. Dusty. Uh, December 23rd of 1951 the NFL championship game in Los Angeles at the Coliseum the Browns come out on the short end 24 to 17 but the big story here this is the first coast to coast televised NFL title game something that obviously is taken for granted now but uh this is
3: part of the initial growing of the game, right? Without question. And and you mentioned it's taken for granted now, but a lot of people don't even mention this game because what is the quote-unquote older game that everybody mentions as far as catapulting the NFL into a bigger stratosphere? So the 1958 NFL championship game that went to overtime between the New York Giants and the Baltimore Colts. They call it the greatest game ever played. Well, seven years before that, the 1951 NFL championship game, the Rams beat the Browns 24-17. Now, the Rams score on a 73-yard touchdown pass from Norm Van Brocklin to Tom Fears, two names that a lot of people would recognize from back then. Obviously, it came in the fourth quarter. See, kids, the Browns don't always lose in the fourth quarter. Just now, it happened back then, too. But, uh, yes, to have this televised coast-to-coast, now you're starting to see that it, it was the transition when college football started to kind of take a back seat to the NFL, And this was yet another one of those ways that that happened.
0: Do we have any idea who, who uh, broadcasted this game? Like what network do we have any idea on that one? That might be a tough one to find. We'll have to do some research. I mean,
3: obviously there were only two options, but really three options back then you had the three major networks, right? CBS, ABC, and NBC. So obviously this was a big deal for them to be able to kind of, take the NFL to where it started to go now. But again, you talk about now here's, here's an interesting thing. I found out about it. Now that I say that none of those networks broadcasted it. <laughs> Something called the Dumont network. Oh, the old Dumont. Yes. Versus the championship game rights in for the NFL from 51 to 55 for less than $500,000. Wow. wow. Which with inflation and, and, uh, Making up for seventy some years still wouldn't be anywhere close to what they're getting for it now.
0: No, D- Dusty, you have highlights from this game. Who were obviously we had seventeen points scored. Who were who were the top stars for the uh, Cleveland Browns on December? Well, it's the usual
3: suspects that people remember from back in the fifties. The first Brown score was a fifty-two yard field goal by Lou Groza. Now you didn't wow. see field goals that long very often. Now everybody just flicks their leg and make it like it's nothing. But that's how the Browns started. And then Otto Graham threw a 17-yard touchdown pass to Dub Jones. And then in the fourth quarter, Ken Carpenter rushed for a two-yard touchdown to make it 17-17 before the Rams ultimately ended up winning that game. And remember, this is kind of a revenge game back then because the Rams used to be the Cleveland Rams. So a lot of fans of the Browns at that point were probably still stinging from what happened about six years prior to this.
2: Huh, Interesting. Uh back then, uh I know we had air travel, but did the Browns travel? Uh I know you can't say for sure, but what was it similar to the way it is now, or it's just a day or two ahead of time, or would it, do you think they would have gone out a little earlier?
3: That's a great question. Because if you look at the schedule from that season, and obviously again, we're talking about 1951, so we're trying not to compare everything to the way it is now. But the NFL championship game was played the very next week after the last regular season game. The week before the Browns won at Philadelphia 24 to 9. So your assumption would be they would have gone from Philadelphia back to Cleveland, then flew all the way out to Los Angeles and turned it around in just a week's time. Where now with the Super Bowl, you've got two. So who knows how early they could have gone out there, or maybe they would have flown out the night before. But in the early 50s, I doubt that was the case.
2: Interesting. All right. Well, uh, appreciate your time, uh, Dusty. The, uh, the beginnings of, of television uh, impacting uh, football back in the 50s uh, as the little-known, I'm sure it was known better back then, but the little-known Dumont Network. Maybe they're the Amazon of the 1950s. and <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. All right, Dusty. Well, thank you.
3: Thanks, guys. Cleveland! This is for you!
0: Ted, we have the misspeak of the week. And I think you hinted at this at the beginning of the show. It's a gentleman from Washington, D.C. His name's President Joe Biden. He was campaigning in South Carolina over the weekend. But, of course, he had an interesting way of starting a speech.
1: Folks, um, uh, I, uh, if I were smart, I'd say thank you and leave. What?
0: What? Well, if you were smart, he'd say thank you and leave. Let me hear this again. Hold on. Hold on. Folks, um, uh, I, uh,
1: if I were smart... I'd say thank you and leave.
0: Ah, oh, Ted. That's our guy. That's, so Apparently,
1: he kind of what admitted that he's not smart. I don't know.
0: He's being vulnerable, which I really appreciate.
1: Thank you for that. Yes.
0: My gosh. Ted, out and about Northeast Ohio, maybe in the fine confines of the West Virginia area, maybe the Florida area, everywhere that you've been. We're going to give you the latest and greatest of the places you need to be in. I'll start first with Northeast Ohio. I'm going to rip off a couple of good ones here, Ted. You're really going to enjoy these. Bring some blasts from the past for you, as, as well as some, uh, some new places. Slim and Chubbies in Strongsville. I think you and I have spent some time there before have dapper dan's another dive bar in strongsville had a nice time there <laughs> niners in brunswick romeo's ot we were taking that in in medina great place probably be great if there was a few more people there that's a something oh. a story for a different day okay cool beans what's one of my favorite places dad i didn't i'm not making this up but i went to the office I did go to the really? office in Strongsville. I went there, and it was great. Wow. It's the best name of a, of a bar. Where are you going? I'm going to the office. Going
1: to the office. That's, that's for once you're in the workplace. When you're in college, you want the bar to be called the library.
0: That's correct, and they have that in the Upper, upper Peninsula.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and then they also have a very good pizza place called the Slice Above. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I was told by a couple different people – their pizza's good. You know, you always hear that. Their pizza's good. I'm gonna leave it at that. So we might All have right. to take that in some point in time. FedEd's Middleburg Heights. That place. Every time I go there, it looks like it's bigger. I, I don't All know. Right. I just that, that place is just unreal. So that's the group I had. That's what I did. I also went to uh Lagerhead's, Quaker Steak and Lube in Medina as well. So have been running around a little bit, on and about, meeting up with some. Friends and some family. Nice. And I can't wait to hear where you've been in the past couple days.
1: So, both going down and coming back, I stopped uh, in Boersville, North Carolina. Ate at the Outback there. That was great. I had a steak at Longhorn once. And then while we were in Florida, we went to Disney Springs. I ate at a, a restaurant called The Boathouse. Spectacular salmon there. We went to Universal City Walk and ate at Bebo. I had an amazing short fish dish there. And also uh, ate at a place uh, called, what was it, uh, uh, BJ's Brew House. Yeah, they have and those all I- over
0: the place. Those are pretty good.
1: The highlight there are the cookies. It's like a giant cookie, chocolate chip cookie is what I got with vanilla ice cream on it. Oh, my God. Amazing. Good for you. Spectacular. So, yeah, that was, you know, tried a few different places. and uh, It was good.
0: Good for you. See, you go on a work trip, you get to try some different places that you usually wouldn't be staying at or at least going to when you're at home. How about you? That's great. Love it. it. I'll have to find out what the latest. Maybe I'll call Erica see what the latest uh, concession food is at some of the hockey games that your kids have this weekend. So find that out. Well, Ted, thanks for being out and about, supporting Northeast Ohio, supporting the Florida area, and I know you support West Virginia. Thanks for doing that. Keep pumping along.
1: Now, Ken, a California man is a Guinness World Record holder. Morton Sorensen has been traveling frequently since the 1990s. He has collected 1,136 hotel key cards. He's keeping the key cards in the hotels. He says he keeps them as souvenirs. And stores them in albums alphabetically. Interesting. I guess he wants those memories. I don't know. Yeah. I think if I were traveling that much and I wanted some memories, I'd probably take some pictures.
0: Pictures good. You would try to keep up with uh, Sir Morton, but unfortunately, (laughs) most of the key cards you gave to uh, women when you're on trips, so you can't get those cards back. Can't get those back. We don't. uh, I've never had that problem. Don't
1: know where those are now.
0: Well, we have another wonderful overachiever. And this is Macy Davis out of uh, staying in California. Macy Davis Sutherland now owns the world record for the longest female arm hair. God, that's super sexy. A stand from her arm, uh, stand from her upper right arm measured. Seven point two four inches. Oh, this record was set in December. The hair was first noticed by her friend's brother in 2012. He wanted to pluck it, but she didn't allow it. And now she has a record to show for it. Uh, I mean, as you get to be an older person, yeah, you know, there's times where You're busy and you notice a long hair. Has that happened to you? Usually on your ears, is that correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you got this ear hair and whatever. It's like, okay, I got to take care of this. Yeah. Would you allow a seven inch long hair on your arm just for a world record? Would you be able to do that? No. And I wouldn't wait 11
1: years to uh, have to grow. Maybe 11 minutes would be about as much
0: as I'd wait. That sounds about right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, as we know, they do some different things in California. Sometimes they're Wait, collecting hotel key cards and they're growing long arm hair. Can you
1: imagine? If you go. You, so this woman, you, you, you go on a date with this woman. Mm. So uh, tell me something unique about you. Oh, I have a Guinness World Record. Really? For what? Oh, see this over here. I have the world's longest arm hair of any woman in the in the
0: world. I mean, would you post that on your dating app? Just put that on there. I have a long arm hair.
1: I would have two words for her. Check please.
0: Time for our favorite person to talk about sports betting, that of course is John Ryan from the Predictive Playbook and you can find him at the com. John is coming off a 10 unit. I repeat, a 10 unit win. Taking the Kansas City Chiefs, who were victorious in the game. And you were so close, John, on your bet with San Francisco. I was rooting and rooting and rooting. It just didn't come through. But here we go. I've been walking around town and there's <laughs> so many people with their heads down. And I asked one guy when I saw him today, you know, a couple days ago on the square, what's wrong? Football's almost over. I'm like, yeah, I know. You got one more game. But John, talk a little bit about as we look forward to the Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs. And the San Francisco 49ers, obviously, many different people will be placing bets. As you look at this game, As and obviously, we always promote safe betting. What's the safe way to look at
4: this game? What's your thoughts so far as we're about two weeks away? Well, I, I probably will have a bet on it, but it, it, the best advice I can give is, is don't bet the game. Uh, this is not the game that you wait all year to bet big and uh, go for it, so to speak. You should never go for it, but too many people... And, uh, you know, the history is, um, is there. Unfortunately and sadly, the greatest day or greatest night of domestic violence is Super Bowl after the Super Bowl is over. Um, not suggesting anybody that is watching this would um, have that happen in their lives and pray that that doesn't happen. But, you know, there's one thing that happens. People tend to overindulge, not just on food, but, you know, the alcohol, anything else. And then you add a monetary loss that is um, life changing and you have the seeds for something really awful, so it's supposed to be fun, it's supposed to be a celebration. I remember a couple years ago we hosted a Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Falcons, and uh-huh. I'm kind of a quiet uh patriots fan, you know I still wear the garb you know when I go hiking and stuff, and every once in a while an Eagles fan that's on the trail will Tease me, of course, when they see the Patriots and say, "Boy, you guys suck this year." Well, so what? You know, it's supposed to be entertainment. You have the thrill of cheering for somebody, and um, I always like the the next man up mantra with the with the Patriots um, sure over the years. But in this Super Bowl, as you know, the Falcons got out to a 21 to three halftime lead, and at halftime, uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, our guests were going up. And asking if they should leave uh, to, to my wife. And, you know, it just, once I got wind of it, I was like, what is wrong with you guys? Like, this is entertainment. I'm not going to throw a chair at the TV because I'm a, a spoiled brat that's not going to win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, oh, come my gosh, on. That's funny. So then we, we sat down, and um, I mean, even my, my most devoted um, Eagle friends, you know, they would never cheer a second. For the Patriots right yeah they were sending me like like somebody had died like condolences and well there's always next year and uh, the referees really are taking the game away from you I couldn't believe it but um my oldest son was the only one that texted me and said you know don't give up on him yet dad, because if there's any guy in this universe that can bring him back it's him meaning Tom Brady of course and lo and behold uh, we, when I saw it unfolding before my very eyes and that Atlanta defense was on the field for so long in that first half because they were scoring so quick, I thought, you know, you you could just see this happening. And it, you know, I turned my phone upside down so I wouldn't get texts. I didn't get up out of my couch seat because I didn't want to, like, watching a perfect game in baseball. Yeah. You got to keep everything the same. But anyway, you know, it's supposed to be a festivity like that, you know, where You know, you expect the unexpected and and celebrate it. 100 percent, John, I completely agree. It's
0: uh, it's supposed to be a lot of fun and obviously they'll have more viewers. I mean, geez louise, John, for the ratings for the game in Kansas City, which I think a lot of Taylor Swift fans were watching because of the whole thing with Taylor Swift and Kelsey. There was 56 million people that watched that game. That's just yeah. the AFC championship. So, how many people you think are gonna watch it at Super Bowl? I mean, I, I it's gotta be close to probably almost 70 or 80 million at least. I was gonna
4: say 80. That's
0: crazy. Yeah,
4: it is crazy. That's and also sure it's the
0: halftime, so that that could bring in even more. Yeah, of course. Well, John, I know you usually put a lot of different trends into different games. Um, uh, as you mentioned, you know, you gotta certainly have some bets for the game and things like that, but you're just looking at it as a regular football game. But what kind of trends could you bring to our viewers to uh, as the game approaches in two weeks of maybe things to consider when you're placing your bets.
4: Yeah, that's a great way to start it, Ken. Um, with the, the um, here, let me just get these trends right here in front of me. With the Super Bowl, there's a lot of trends that people are going to see. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. I run this every year and uh, send it out to the clients around Tuesday or Wednesday and the week prior to, because we have that two-week layoff now. There was one year, I think, 2001, maybe it was, that uh, the Super Bowl did not have a week off. You're right. It, yes, it right. was the next week. Yeah. Um, so, you know, starting with the simple ones, there's one that's 16 and two against the spread that you simply bet on the team that has the the worst win percentage. In other words, All they right. haven't won. Their win percentage, wins to losses, is less than the opponent. So you would think that that would be the team that's not as good, but um you know sometimes the market overreacts whether this is a good one that you can rely on i'm not sure i think it's more like wow isn't that cool 16 and 2 because as these trends mature you know they tend to go the other way that doesn't mean you're going to bet on the chiefs because they have the better win percentage but you know it's kind of there and it has been you know almost unbeatable uh just from that standpoint but I don't think any of us would put money on just one trend. You know that that's kind of uh, not a good way to bet anyway. Uh, favorites are eleven and eleven straight up, seven and fifteen against the spread, thirty-two percent, ten and twelve over under. So there, that supports a, a consideration for the Chiefs. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Favorites are trailed by at least four points in the conference championship, five and six straight up, but only four and seven against the spread and eight and three to the under Um, dogs that never trailed in the conference championship like Kansas City did are five and seven straight up seven and five against the spread seven and five under teams on a five or more game win streak coming into the Super Bowl and priced as the dog four and two straight up five and one against the number and that supports the Chiefs Teams on a five or more game ATS against the spread win streak, priced as dogs. Uh, 3 0 against the spread. So those two combined kind of gets your bullishness on the Chiefs here. Uh-huh. Um, the 2007 Patriots are the only team other than this season's 49ers to reach the Super Bowl, having failed to cover the spread in their two previous games. And on February 3rd, 2008, the New York Giants, led by Eli Manning, defeated the Brady led Patriots 17 14. And believe it or not, the Patriots were a double digit favorite in that game, Ken. Wow, so that was a pretty right. bad loss by the Patriots. But, you know, hats off to Eli Manning and company. Uh, in the Super Bowl, a team that had the halftime lead has gone 14 and four straight up, 11 and seven against the spread. Not much on the over under. Uh, in the Super Bowl, dogs that had the halftime lead have gone seven and one straight up and ATS. Now, keep in mind, that doesn't mean that you can make a live in-game bet at halftime if your team is leading because the half halftime line is going to be vastly different in all likelihood than the closing line before the game starts. But yes. if it is the same, then that would, that would probably be a pretty good pizza money bet to do at halftime. Um, what else can I say Ken? here uh, team that scores more points per game over the regular and playoff seasons has gone eight and 13 straight up six and 15 for 29% winning tickets, which is horrid 49ers ranked second averaging 29.9 The chiefs ranked 15th 22. So that would obviously support the chiefs. Uh-huh. So, you know, I'll leave it at that for now, but that's some of the, um, you know, the, the nuggets Uh, That starts the handicapping process, because on any given game, as you know, Ken, and you've been with me for years, I can I can put out, you know, 30 trends that support the Chiefs, 30 trends that support the 49ers. But then with my models, that cuts through all the confusion and tells me who is likely to be a great betting opportunity for the Super Bowl.
0: Yep, and that's the that's the route
4: I'm going, John. I'm not doing a thing until I hear something from you, because
0: I'll be honest with you, <laughs> just looking at the game, I have no idea. You know, you got a Chiefs team that's coming off, a, you know, a very good win against a very good Baltimore team that I thought was very good. And then you got the San Francisco team that has played very well. So I think it's a great matchup, John. One thing I wanted to talk to you about, and one of the huge things with the Super Bowl is prop bets. You have all these different prop bets with betting on the coin toss and the Gatorade and all that kind of stuff. Two part question for you. One, are those any types of bets that you even look at? I think I have the answer to that, but I wanted to ask you. And then number two, is there maybe some players or anything like that? Some player prop bets that maybe you take a look at a little bit more just because it's one game and you could
4: dive deeper into the information and things like that. Just interested on your thoughts. Sure. Uh, we did some prop bets over the weekend. Uh, they went three and four. They actually lost a, a few pizzas, but the week before that in the divisional round, they did pretty well. So, I mean, if, if you want to throw away $10 and bet on the length of the national anthem, all the, all the power to you. Go ahead and do it and you know, have fun uh, sweating out the, the last phrase of, the, of our national anthem. <laughs> Um, but there's, there's better opportunities than just the coin flip and, and the national anthem and what color the Gatorade is going to be. But it's all fun. Right. That, you know, bet one dollar on the national anthem if you want to. Sure. Um, th- that way you can't get yourself in trouble financially and you're and you're just having fun. I mean, who can predict what's going to happen with the color of the Gatorade and, uh, you know, how long the national anthem is, is going to last? Yeah. It, you know, it's kind of unpredictable. Yeah, similar to a coin flip, I guess. Yep. But there are player props, like, in the, in the matchups. Uh, we can definitely make a case here that the, both teams are going to run the ball. So you want to take a look at the running backs on both teams. We had the uh, over on Pacheco uh, that, that went over the total, obviously 63.5 rushing yards, I think it was. Uh, he didn't go over by much, but he almost had that much at halftime. Yeah. Uh, so that was a kind of a no sweater, if you will. Uh, Kelsey won our our prop bet in yards of reception, and that was one that I really liked because you know, it just seemed like the the main media outlets, Ken, were saying that Kelsey's going to be shut down. Taylor's going to be crying, and um, <laughs> he's not going to have much of a game because of that defense. But yeah. tearing into the defense, the the one Achilles heel for the Ravens is the tight end position. They gave up. A lot of fantasy points, too, to tight ends over the year. So th- that was the reason why I-, I jumped on Kelsey, because I thought it was vastly undervalued. Now, with the you know, the prop bets aren't out, all of them yet. Uh, but maybe we can revisit this next week, uh, Ken, sure. with a, another quick show, if you have time. Absolutely. And we can really dive deep into them and, and pick out the ones that I think are worth taking to the window and, and betting. Yep. Uh, again, pizza money. Maybe two pizzas on ones that we really like. Yep. Keep in mind, too, that in the Super Bowl, the public is going to bet favorites and overs, especially in prop bets. Nobody is going to bet under Mahomes' passing yards, under um, you know, Purdy's passing yards, under touchdowns scored by Kelsey. It's all going to be over, 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 which is fine. But that, the books anticipate that, and they will inflate the lines to where they want to have equal action on both sides. So they have to inflate it more than what would be normal for a regular season game. So Kelsey's receiving yards might be 85, when in reality, the, the real line would, would be probably closer to 70. So it gives you an opportunity to bet unders, uh, which is, I know it's very hard to do in a prop bet. You, you want to bet the over because your team is going to kick butt, and uh, that player is going to be the hero. Yep. Uh, I think another one that's interesting is betting the MVP, and, you know, normally that goes to a quarterback, but there's been in recent years some tremendous value taking defensive players. So what if one of the linebackers on the 49ers has two interceptions and a pick six
1: uh Uh-huh.
4: and they win? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like that. And you would get probably, you know, 12 to one for a defensive player, probably minimum. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, throwing five bucks on that ends up being fun, especially if the guy picks one off in the first quarter. Yep. Um. You know, field goals is one that I, I normally do every year. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go over or under, obviously, because I haven't run the model yet, but that one has been the most consistent breadwinner. It doesn't win every year. Um, and lastly, and I say this very humbly, Ken, but for whatever reason, I'm 22-5 and five against the spread in the Super Bowl. Now, before really? everybody gets excited about that, I've had some very, very lucky wins. Let's talk about the Patriots and Seattle. Oh, they lost, uh, lost their minds and forgot that they had one of the best running backs in the NFL that year on yeah. third and one from the one with time running out, and we all know what happened. We got the interception. So none of my research said, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to have a pick uh, at the end of the game. It's going to salvage the win for the Patriots, and that's why you're going to bet them. That was a lucky win, and there's been several of them. You know, realistically, I could have easily been you know, maybe 17 and, and 10. Um, if I didn't get those lucky breaks, so I, I just wanted to put that in perspective too. That twenty-two and five doesn't mean I have a crystal ball.
0: Well, John, it's still impressive. Just take the wins and you say thanks. That's the way I look at it. Well, we'll yeah, do. This is what we'll do, John. True. We'll do a special show. With, I'll I'll get my friend Ted, who has been running around. He was on a trip, that's why he could be part of this uh, segment. But uh, we'll get him, and then the three of us will have a, a show. We'll do a show next week and just talk about the Super Bowl and, and some other things. Sounds John, great I to have me. one bet that I think I might suggest to you. And I've looked okay. at this, and it's based on the past couple of weeks, and it's actually a rushing yards bet on Brock Purdy. I placed a bet on him already, and I think the line right now is at twelve and a half. I I got him at eleven and a half over his rushing yards. People don't realize I this. He had as many rushing yards last week as Lamar Jackson. And he, I think that's going to be a big part of that game because obviously Kansas City's defense is better. But if he can get some extra yards, I think I think there's a really good shot of him giving giving over those yards next uh, next week.
4: So I I agree 100. I know that this seems way low. Uh, yeah,
0: twice Now it's twelve. I just looked before we started recording. It was it's at twelve and a half. I mean, Mahomes is actually not a bad bet either. He's always one to run, and his is a little bit higher. He's at twenty five and a half. So. You're talking
4: about two of the best defenses in the NFL. And, you know, Kansas City loves to throw in the middle. San Fran's going to try to take that away from them. And when they do that, I I agree 100%. I like already I like both overs on the quarterback. Yeah, I think those are pretty good bets.
0: John, as we wrap up a little bit, I wanted to kind of maybe switch gears because we'll spend more time next week on the Super Bowl. Talk a little bit about prop bets for, let's say, NBA basketball. Is that something I know that you get into every once in a while? If I'm I, I sitting do. there looking at a game, obviously there's so many different websites you can go on and look at for different trends and things like that. What's your suggestion for people who are interested? Let's say you're know, going to watch the Cavs play, and they're playing, let's say, the Sixers or something like that. <laughs> Excuse me. What are the bets that you look at, or what are the props that you
4: look at for basketball? Well, it's it's um, it's generally the marquee players or – the other end of the bench, meaning that not just the first guy in the sixth man, but the second unit guys, Um, you know, a, a bet last night, in matter of fact, with um, the Sixers resting both Maxie and Embiid, Embiid didn't play Saturday in Denver, and that was a last minute call. Uh, I saw the line jump up to 13 and a half, and I, I knew, right, everybody did that, you know, obviously, they're not playing.
0: Yeah.
4: Um, And they still nearly... Um, won the game in Denver. So, you know, hats off to the, the bench there. But that, if you, if you take some, uh, you know, five, ten bucks again and identify a bench player like Kelly Oubre last night for the Sixers, uh, he more than doubled his uh, prop total. I think he had 25 points. Wow. I like doing uh, uh, points-assist rebounds, too, in, in total. Uh, because it gives you basically, I look at it as three ways to win. Now, I just got done preaching about, you know, not doing overs in the Super Bowl props, but doing overs on some of these, um, you know, total points, assists, rebounds is are really good opportunities. Um, for example, uh, if Embiid, for example, I'm stuck on the Sixers here, if they come off, if he comes off a bad game, now him, a bad game is probably less than 40 uh, points, assists, rebounds. Yeah. They don't, these studs don't have back to back games that are poor very often. And, you know, I'm looking at tonight's game, uh, which is late night at Golden State, who has been struggling. Uh, I haven't seen any of the prop bets out for the game yet because nobody knows for sure whether Embiid and Maxi are both going to play or whether it's just going to be Embiid. Maxi gets another day or Maxi's. Nobody knows. But, you know, if you have a chance to to, um, bet it, now then i think you know you Embiid, even if he's at 55 and a half for total points rebounds assists that's probably going to be cheap i mean the guy put up 70 points alone the other night I'm not saying he's going to hit 70 tonight but he's averaging 36 a game for the season so that those are the, the things i look for is the bounce backs and it doesn't really matter who the player is but generally the studs and then guys that are on the bench uh, that are just kind of like unknown. They're not on anybody's radar, and you might be able to get a guy and his total points is, you know, 8.5, and and he goes off for 20. Uh, So those are the type of names I look for. Other than that, I don't play any game props. Um, It's hard enough to win with the spread as it is. Yes. Instead of, you know, moving the spread and the total around. And same game parlays, I think if you do them long enough, you'll realize that they're probably not the best thing to be doing. (laughs) You might get hot for a while, but you know, that they advertise these things for a reason. And and that's because the books make more money than um the individuals do. Yes. So I, I would stay away from them too. But again, pizza money, why not? You know, I would for agree. the Super Bowl, you know, do a ten leg parlay. Get it out of your system. Put yes, you know, twenty dollars down and pick ten legs and player props and if you hit it, fantastic. But don't think you'll hit it again anytime soon.
0: Yep. <laughs> John, one last question before we give you the opportunity to promote what you have going at Predictive Playbook. The adage I've heard, and please tell me if I'm right or wrong, if I'm interested in taking an over, let's say in a player prop, I want to take that earlier. Like if I could take it now and there's a number, I should take that. If I'm interested in taking an under on a player, I should wait before game time. Would you agree with that? Is
4: that correct? Or is it just on a case-by-case situation? I I think it's more case-by-case um, but that trend is is valid. Um, the difference this year is that we've had so many marquee players elect not to play so close to the tip. Yeah, that's true. Um, which then, you know, if. I don't know how you would predict this, but if you felt like, um, you know, Donchick wasn't going to play in the next Dallas Mavericks game um, and you wanted to t- kind of anticipate that he's not going to start and play then again, taking a look at the backup players and putting, maybe identifying two or three of them uh, that, you know, maybe around 12 points or less for the game and certainly less than 20 for points, rebounds, assists. Yeah. If Doncic doesn't play, the, your odds go up astronomically that those players are going to exceed the morning uh, line, so to speak. Yeah. So th- that's how I, I kind of look at those, um, but... There's nothing wrong with betting early overs in the NBA on any player. There's definitely nothing wrong with that. So yeah. I don't want to mislead my little dialogue there in, in saying that the trend that you mentioned is not valid, because it is. Fair enough, John. John,
0: as always, uh, it's, it's like a learning lesson. It's learning from the professor here. Um, what do we have going at Predictive Playbook? How could people jump on? What's, what's, uh, what's some of the other, obviously, you, you exceed – and do extremely well in football. But you also have had great success in college basketball, NBA basketball, things like that. Talk about that for the listeners.
4: Well, thanks, Ken. Um, yeah, the, every sport right now is showing profits, which I'm very proud of. Um, yeah, after all, I've done this for 29 years, so we would expect that kind of experience to bring some greater results. Uh, in any given season between the NBA and the college hoops, one always seems to do a lot better than the other. The last two, last three seasons previous to this one, Ken, I I hit 64% over at Wager Talk and Sports Memo, documented by them. This year, I'm 47 and 30 for for whatever that is. It's not. It's oh, I'm sorry. That was college hoops. 47 and 41 with two pushes, 55% winners in the NBA. I went 0 and 2 last night. Yeah. So in any given year, it it happens, and one does a lot better than the other. But that's not to say that, okay, well, I'm going to get John's college hoops package because he's hitting 61 percent this year. Forty seven and 30 is the official record. Had um, Holy Cross last night, which won outright as a dog. That seems to be cooking pretty good. But it's the package of NBA and college hoops together that really produced the greatest results in trying to figure out which one is going to do better. Yep, absolutely.
0: No, that was super exciting last night. And once again, John, I'm watching games I would never watch. Do, did I ever think I'd be watching Holy Cross? I'm not an alum or anything like that. I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm almost pulling my hair out. It was so funny. But, no, it was a great win. John, uh, what, uh, predictiveplaybook.com, if people want to jump on board and, and buy one of your subscriptions,
4: uh, what, how yep, do they or do they, that? They can uh, direct message me on the X at John Ryan Sports, the number one. Uh, running a couple specials now for ahead of college, Mad, March Madness, uh, where you can get the whole Package for about 50% off in fact So if you're interested in that then just send me a message express your interest and we'll get you set up and 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 go the research. I promise you is going to be I Want to say second to none, but what the research does is it tells you why we are putting our hard-earned money behind this bet It's not just giving you the pick like a lot of other services do, but there's a lot of substance and research behind every pick I release John, as always, what a great
0: time. Uh, thanks again for your insight. We look forward to talking to you next week. Ted and I will have a special show just to talk about the Super Bowl and obviously some other things with sports betting, once again, to make sure people are doing all things safely, but uh, certainly putting down bets that they have a chance to win. John, before I let you go, as always, I would love for <laughs> you to close out our segment with
4: my favorite sayings. It's always remember, folks, bet with your head and not over it, and may all the wins be yours. Thanks, John. You're welcome, Ken. Thank
3: you. The most trusted name in journalism, Klops Clips.
1: All right, Ken, here we go. A chain of convenience stores in Kentucky It's getting more and more customers because of its bathrooms. <clears throat> more accurately, one of the features of the bathroom Six Pop shops in northern Kentucky have a giant red button in them. And the button says, do not push. Now, a wiki photo of the the, the store mascot, Popper the Frog, on a sign near the button, lets customers know that they actually should push the button. Well, I'm sure you're wondering what happens when you push the button. Well, colored lights come on. A disco ball starts spinning along with music playing in the bathroom, turning it into a miniature dance club. A disco ball, colored lights, and music in the bathroom. Videos of this have gone viral on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok.
0: I don't know what a hop shop is.
1: Are you gonna I, I know I've been hop- in
0: Northern Kentucky. I don't know what a hop shop is, though. Do you?
1: Are you going to try to
0: find out? I mean, it's a convenience store. Okay. I mean, I, I'm just thinking of the days when I went to Lawson's. I would buy my Kit Kats or Lifesavers, and I would use the restroom. I really don't think I want to lights turned on and disco ball when I'm trying to use the restroom. I would have, I you know what? I would have probably some stage fright. There's no doubt. Well, do uh, Don't yeah. like it.
1: Volunteers at a food bank in England recently received a glass can of cheese and onion sauce from potatoes. A worker was checking the new donation items when he noticed the label was faded and the contents looked, quote, a little gray. A bit more investigating of the can but showed an expiration date of June 9th, nineteen ninety-eight. Oh boy, that's more than twenty-five years ago. The food bank manager says uh, once in a while they get an item that's uh, one or two years past due, but this is easily a record. Well,
0: that's that's the time when I graduated from college, ninety-eight. So you mean <laughs> to tell me some some horse's ass, okay, let's just yeah. use the correct terminology, decided to Please. donate a can of something from 25 years ago?
1: Yes, that's Come what on. I'm telling
0: you. What? A, that's Tool of the Look. Week. That's a new segment. We're going to have Tools of the Week. Whoever that person is, they won the award. Congrats. First time winner. Looked
1: a little gray. Unreal. <clears throat> An American Airlines flight from Phoenix to Austin, Texas, was delayed after a disgruntled passenger. The guy was loudly complaining, and then he said, "Oh, you thought that was rude? How about this smell?" He then loudly and deliberately farted. The man apparently continued complaining and arguing with other passengers. As the plane taxi toward the runway, before taking off, though, flight attendants had enough of the guy. The plane turned around, went back to the gate, the guy was removed from the plane, and eventually the flight took off.
0: Well, it seems like that so, guy was a good time.
1: Essentially, the guy was removed from the plane for farting.
0: Pretty much. I hate that? to say, I don't think we know the, the whole story. It seems like there's something well, else involved.
1: I'm going to guess there might have been some
0: alcohol. Oh, that's a good call.
1: Yeah.
0: That's a good call. I don't know. That's what I was thinking as well. Uh,
1: By the way, uh, for those of you uh, married, single, whatever, uh, looking for love as Valentine's Day comes up, uh, Ken, maybe keep this in mind. Mm. White King celebrating Valentine's Day this year with a special meal kit that brings the tastes And an experience of eating at a White Castle right to you. Wow. The $49 White Castle Love Kit includes 12 sliders, four original, four classic cheese, and four jalapeno cheese, complete with preparation instructions developed by White Castle's food experts to recreate the signature steamed taste of sliders when you actually buy them at White Castle. The kit also includes dill pickles to chop the slider's taste, Uh, 12 Valentine's Day-themed slider boxes, a White Castle-scented candle, and a collection of exclusive Craventine cards to share. You can order this at Get Your Pens and Pencils Out. of crave.com. The pricing does include shipping, and the kits should arrive by February twelfth. Mm. I wanna know what the scent of the candle is
0: mm. so
1: that it smells like it's a white castle. It's
0: gotta be grease. I don't
1: the know else. grease. But, yeah.
0: That'd be amazing. This is actually it's humorous, but it, this is actually not a bad idea. I bet you they're selling a few of these things here.
1: Would you, uh, uh, if you were in position to, would you? Would this be a consideration for a a, a Valentine meal for you mm. and a loved one?
0: Or boy, I, I'd have to think about that. I think my son oh. might like it because he's eating like a horse. Um, <laughs> I, other than that, I don't. I don't think so. If there was someone I was. Speaking with or spending time with, I don't know how much they would have an interest in that. In all honesty, I would just rather just take them somewhere and watch them eat the food as a ha- as opposed to bring it to me. But I-, I know they're trying to make it impotent. Impotent? No, that's not the word. Intimate. How about that? Maybe you would be impotent if you didn't do this, but if you did, you would ha- not have that problem. Maybe this fix ED. I don't know. Is this something you're gonna get for Erica? Oh. God, if I do,
1: I will
0: <laughs> Oh, my God. we got an adult show today. There's no yes. doubt. This is adult. Kids, if you're listening, cover your ears. Earmuffs. Yes. Please earmuffs. Uh
1: Sports, here's some scores. 126 to 112. 117 to 101. 147 to 134. And 109 to 98.
0: Heck of a game. Wow, a lot of scoring.
1: Yeah, a lot of scoring. I'm Ted Klopp. That's news to me.
0: Oh, no. Not a dad joke. Knock, knock. Who's there? Spell. Spell who?
1: WHO.
3: That joke was horrible.
1: Again, we're to the end of episode 29, Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland. I got to tell you, while I was out of town, my wife had a bad cold and lost her voice. Really? And I'm not kidding when I tell you. It was one night, yeah, it was one night we were talking to her, and she sounded a little like this. And I said, wow. She said, what? I said, you sound like Mickey Mouse. She said, what do you mean? And I said, oh, gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do with these boys. Jeez.
0: And you know what she did? She I can imagine, but me. you're going to tell me.
1: She hung up on me. Can you she believe it? Of course, she
0: hung up on you. Yeah. That's what happened. You're not going to deal with that foolishness.
1: Oh, apparently not.
0: My gosh. That's classic.
1: Yeah. So that was... That was one of many little
0: highlights during my trip. How's Colby? You know what? I've been, uh, I haven't worked. Oh. It's been slower. And obviously for me, it's a <clears throat> second job. And I've been doing it for socialization purposes as opposed to making money. And I've always told uh, my boss, who's one of the best, that, uh, hey, have everyone work before me. Two weeks ago. <laughs> I uh, basically was was let go early. I don't know if that was because of uh, poor work or I think it was just because it was slow. So, Don't worry. Things are going to be picking up here in two weeks. We got the Ice Festival, baby. Come on out. Come see those statues on the square. It'll be... Very interesting. In all actuality, it's one of my favorite things to see these guys with chainsaws make these sculptures in ice. It's pretty impressive. I can hardly write my name or like draw a stick figure. And this guy is making, you know, you name it, they're doing it. It's pretty nuts. so.
1: So there's an ice festival and you'll be helping at the coffee shop. Does this mean you might be providing some iced coffee?
0: There's always a possibility for iced coffee, along with okay. lattes, Americanos, and the host of other things that I don't know how to make. So, yes. Okay. Nothing right. gets me more excited than when someone orders hot chocolate, because guess what's in hot chocolate? Uh, Chocolate? Hot chocolate. Yeah. And that one is yeah. pre-made. Yeah. That's a beautiful okay. thing. Just pour it in the cup and warm it up. I'm. I, that's my favorite drink to make.
1: So. Have you uh, either uh, written anything ridiculous or seen anything ridiculous written on a coffee cup since you worked
0: there? No, we um, don't actually put names on there. We just oh, put the code of what we're supposed to make. Oh, so no. Okay. And then I got yelled at, which was justifiable because I was putting way too much information on the cup. I was actually writing <laughs> latte. They're like, you don't have to write all that. Just write an L. Okay. However, I would like to report something else as we close the show today. Please. I think there's another segment that I could begin with our podcast, and it could be called The Experiences I Have at Planet Fitness.
1: Oh. Oh.
0: So it's this so- past weekend, yes. I got the workout on Saturday. I like to go there early by the way, this is not to say anything negative about Planet Fitness, it's just some of the folks and characters that go are, are interesting, to leave it at that. I usually go about 6.15 well, on Saturday, I like to sleep in a little bit, so I went in the afternoon, and I used, there's days, one day I'll do weights, the next day I'll just do cardio, I like to try to mix it up, and so I was using the elliptical machine, which for me is great, one, I can't really run much anymore, because I'm clinically obese, but, two, I could get the lay of the land across the room and see all the different exercises and just kind of people watch a little bit. Not in a creepy way, just kind of see what's going on. Right. This past Saturday, I- I'm going to be honest, it is one of the strangest things I've seen. There was a gentleman there. I'm not going to describe him. He had, he was pretty well bit, built in good shape. Um, A lot of people Um, do like supersets. So like they'll do one exercise and then right after that, they'll do something else. I've seen all that. That's cool. I've done some of that stuff before. The thing that I have not seen is this gentleman was wearing a headband that had a string attached to it with a ball. And in between his sets of doing bicep curls or some other lifts, he would take, (laughs) he would stand up. And then this ball would be in front of him, and then he would just, like, follow it around and punch it. Now, this ball went from the – the ball was at the end of a string. The string went from the top of his head all the way to the middle of his chest. Yeah. Ted, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I've worked out a lot. All over. I have never seen this. And let me tell you, this was entertaining. I couldn't I couldn't stop watching. This was – and we're not just – going after the ball i mean we are doing like sidesteps and a lot of shadow boxing and all it was something else and then when he would use his do his sets at the at the machines he just had that ball sitting there right in his chest with that string right in front of him i have i have not seen that before i thought it was you know enough to see people working out in the jeans and all that stuff which hey that's i have no problems with that but Besides the guy that didn't wear his shoes the one day working out, that is one of the oddest things I've seen in a long time.
1: So, you you, you want you want to know something odd?
0: I'm ready. I know,
1: I know exactly what that guy was using and doing.
0: I know you do. That's why I brought yeah. it up. Yes. Yes.
1: That's, uh, That's a hockey thing.
0: That's a hockey no, thing. Is it not? No,
1: it's, well, it's for hand eye coordination. Mm-hmm. It's primarily used. Well. I should say primarily. But one of the uses is for boxers. Yes. Is you bounce that thing and you punch it. Right. And uh, yeah, my, uh, let's see, Santa brought my oldest son, who's a goalie, one of those for Christmas. And uh, last week before I was gone, he begged to do the penalty, show, penalty box for one of his brothers. And while he was in the penalty box, he had that stupid thing on his head and he's doing the boxing during the game.
0: Oh, geez. Okay. Well that yeah, will, that would be that I'm would getting, be on the same realm.
1: I'm getting texts from the coach. Look at your child in the penalty box. <laughs>
0: he's trying to get extra work in.
1: He's trying as best he can. You
0: got it. I once again, I think that is a cool thing. I just think where you decide to do that. Yeah, that's a little that's old. that's the different situation. You're doing it this <laughs> home or you know. Get in right. the corner of the gym and all that. But this guy was in the middle of the room doing super sits with this ball. on. I mean, it was, and I'll leave it at this. I, I this gentleman was not 20 years old.
1: Okay. He, was,
0: he was at least in his upper fifties. So,
1: okay. Yeah. He's older than you and me.
0: Yes. Correct. Okay. But uh, you know what? The guy was in good shape. So maybe, you know, maybe this is the workout I need to be doing. Get off that elliptical and stop, start hitting a ball, I guess.
1: So. Get yourself a, a string
0: with a ball on the end. That's right. Well, Ted, we got to wrap it up here. Great show. Special thanks to John Ryan. Good betting skills and, once again, some, some great insight on on the Super Bowl. Dusty Sloan, well, I'll get to see. Uh, actually, I saw last week um, for the uh, Football Hall of Fame. We have some pretty good Hall of Famers going in pretty soon, and I'll have to bring those up at some point in time once we can start announcing and Actually, when we do voting, but it's pretty exciting. And, Ted, special thanks to you. I mean, once again, above and beyond for our audience that you can do this podcast while you bring it on in from West Virginia. Any wild animals or anything like that that you've seen while driving around?
1: Uh, Well, one could say that any uh, animal or person you see in West Virginia would be considered wild, but no, no is the short answer no i am currently 28 miles from parkersburg and 40 miles from marietta ohio so i will soon be back in the buckeye state
0: i love it well safe travels thank you use your mirrors take breaks just be safe we need you you. very soon and ted till next time in two weeks just remember we're two middle-aged men in cleveland
3: Two Middle Aged Men in Cleveland is sponsored by Westminster AV. Custom audiovisual packages for all occasions.